Are you tired of all the voices who say, focus on the bottom line numbers? Say whatever you have to, just close the sale. Just get the credit card. It doesn't matter what you deliver. You will never build a successful business until you grow a pair and stop caring so much. Here, we respectfully disagree. We give you permission to embrace who you are, how much you care, and encourage you to design a business that works for you and your clients. Welcome to The Art of Giving a Damn, the podcast that proves with every single episode that you can create a profitable business doing what you're passionate about and making a positive difference in the world. Now, here's your host, Michelle Schaefer. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Art of Giving a Damn. Today, my guest is Brandon Lewin. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm excited. You know, you've, you've got a, an interesting approach to what you do. So let's start with the bio. You're an entrepreneur, husband, father, speaker, author, trainer, and advocate for more cowbell in life. We've got to come back to that one. So your company is Lewin Media, and you specialize in helping realtors and lenders to sell more. By doing that, you help them live their best life because your purpose is to help as many people as possible reach their goals. So I want to come back to the cowbell, but let's start with that. One of your focuses and what's different about what you do in business is that focus on purpose and really knowing what your purpose is. And you mentioned that, what you see gets in people's way a lot of times of being successful is not having a purpose. So let's start, let's start there. Yeah. So, um, you know, purpose is, is something that, like you said, a lot of people struggle with. And, um, it's funny because I don't think everyone knows what their purpose is right away, but you have to start to figure that out, right? You got to explore things. You got to test things out. You got to see what, where your passions lie and um, it's not always work-related, right? Like yeah. our passion, our purpose isn't always just work, but it's to do more good things. And a lot of times our, our work is just a, an avenue to help us do exactly what our purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times people get that stigma in their mind, like money's bad, money's the root of all evil. Yeah. And that's not really the case because there's a lot of good things. It's the person that's really the is the determining factor of what you do with that money. So if you're a good person, you're typically going to do good things with good, with money. It won't change you for the most part, um, as long as you have the right people around you as well. But, you know, that purpose is, is something you have to drive towards. So, um, you know, I, I've done this. I, I thought about this a lot. I've worked in business and in marketing and sales for 15 years, and I've seen both sides. I've seen people who are strictly focused on profits, and then I've seen people who are strictly focused on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I've done both myself as well. And I believe when, you dr- when you're driven by purpose, you're more successful. Um, even the examples of companies, right? You know, Facebook's a great example. They had a purpose. Their purpose was to connect everybody. Uh, That's true, yeah. It was never to make a profit. I mean, for a long time, they didn't make a profit. They mm-hmm. had to borrow lots and lots of money to drive what their purpose was. Um, same thing with Amazon. You look at Amazon, they weren't uh, profitable for a long time, and but they had a purpose. Their purpose was to make things easier for people. Um, and so when you see these successful stories, 
And even when you look at people who run companies too, um, Ted Turner, Turner, um, he had a purpose and his purpose was to change the way um, we had news and um, we got information and he wanted to change a lot of different things mm-hmm. um, in the in the media world. And he invented those things, but it was never driven by money. I mean, he had a whole lot of money. And once he got into, you know, billions of dollars, he donated like hundreds of millions of dollars to foundations that he was passionate about. So it, that just goes to show, you know, purpose is really about that person and what drives them. And that's who I like to work with is those type of people. When people say, when I ask them, what's, what, what drives you? If they say the first and foremost is money, I ask them to give a little bit more explanation about what that means to them. What are they going to do with that money? Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just that they want to just, you know, work less and spend a lot of times on vacation, um, then that's more in my eyes, that's a little superficial and so that might not be very purpose-driven. And that typically is where people hit a plateau where they don't break through that ceiling. So for me, I want to work with people who have passions uh, and have a purpose. Yeah. You know, that, that makes sense because I think sometimes when we hit the rough spots that inevitably come when you're running a business, if there's not something deeper there that is really, this is my reason for doing it, it's hard to push through and get to the other side of a lot of those things along the way. Like you said about Amazon and Facebook, they weren't profitable for a long time, but they had a bigger purpose of what they wanted to see, what they wanted to create. And that really is what pulls you through when you're trying to figure out all the pieces that go along with building a business. Yeah. And there was a great example. I mean, you had the, you hit it like right at the nail on top of the head with the whole, like when you're going through a rough spot, you know, Personally, I, I've gone through some rough spots recently. Like we've changed things a little bit and it hasn't been the smoothest road. And, you know, I remember that because when I, when I hear from people that I've already helped or I hear the message that people who are successful say, you know, who are, who are uber successful, like the big names, mm-hmm. um, when they say, you know what, you just have to, you have to power through it and you have to remember what you're doing. And that it's something that always resonates with me too, is that, if we get selfish and we stop and we get deterred by whatever bumps in the roads that we have, we're not truly serving and helping people the way we should be because we all have something that can help others. And if we just get through and stop being selfish um, and just push through, then we know that we're going to be helping people out. And, and that it just, I can't tell you how many times I've gone through the little bumps and then just push through. And then next thing you know, I'm talking to people that need my help and need the help of our company. And it's so rewarding to get to that point and be like, Hey, you know what? There are a lot of people out there that need this help. And um, if we just stop getting in our own way, we can do a whole lot of good things. Yeah. You know, that's very true that we tend to get in our own way and we look at it from our perspective. We look at it like, well, you know, maybe I'm not good enough at this or maybe I'm not whatever enough instead of looking at it like it's selfish of me not to get out there bigger and to help more people. That's that's an interesting way to kind of flip that perspective. Exactly. Yeah. It's just it it helps. I mean, you have to figure out what works for you. Right. And uh if that's something when you think about it from that perspective, that helps. I think that's a great way of just looking at it. 
Yeah, well, because what you said is true. We all have something that we have that we can help people, that we can make a difference for people. And uh, I love that you mentioned looking back at feedback from clients that you've worked with and looking back at those things that you can look at and go, no, there is a purpose for this. There is a reason that I'm doing this. So uh, looking at your own business, how did you end up where you're at right now? Your company does lead gen essentially for real estate development professionals, for lenders. Uh, What got you there? So um, when I first started, so my story starts back when I was uh, 22. I started my first business in college and mm-hmm. I got a crash course in eight months of what it is to be like an entrepreneur. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> it was not everything that I thought it would be, but um, it did give me some insight into what I liked. And so um, I did enjoy very much the customer service part of it. Mm-hmm. I started an online ticket brokerage um, back when, StubHub was just starting to come up, and ah, okay, we we actually started a website and used a, a platform, and and so I was um, the my partner mentor at the time um, was already you know he's, he was five years older than me, he was already successful, he was doing some internet stuff, he was buying and selling traffic, the kind of non sexy stuff that you see behind the scenes, right? <laughs> and he uh, he was like, hey Brandon, I got some money, you want to start a ticket online p- ticket brokerage? Yeah. I just, I need someone to run it. I don't have the time to do it. I was like, absolutely. And so he showed me how to create a website. We got that. We found people who had tickets who wanted to sell them and then people who wanted to buy tickets. And so I just remember like people wanting a concert ticket um, that they weren't able to get. And I was able to get it for them, brought it over to them. They had a great time. And for me, like that was really rewarding. Like I started like even going back, I had that typical like entrepreneur story where I was like 10 years old and my dad told me, Hey, if you want some money or I wanted a pair of sneakers and I want a pair of Jordans. I'm from Chicago originally. And so uh, I was young and the new Jordans came out and my dad's like, you've got enough sneakers. He's like, you don't need any more, but if you want some, you can learn how to make your own money and you can earn it. And I was like, okay. So Smart dad. Very much. Well, he's yeah. an entrepreneur too. He's been running his own business for like 40 plus years. And so uh, it's a great lesson. Like I even teach these lessons to my kids now. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter is about to be eight and she's already run her first lemonade stand and made, um, you know, quite a bit of money. She made about a hundred bucks and donated nice. part of it to a, a, char- a charity um, in, the, in the local area. So that was fantastic. Just kind of do that full circle. But my dad told me, he's like, listen, he's like, look what's out there. It was the middle of the dead of the winter in, in Chicago. And he's like, what What do you see? I said, I see snow. He's like, great. What else do you see? I said, trees. He's like, yeah. He's like, what don't you see? I said, um, I don't see any streets or sidewalks. He's like, correct. They're there, but the snow is covering them. He's like, what, what can you do to help people out? So I was like, I don't know. And he's like, you can grab a shovel. You can grab a friend, go out there, and you can shovel some driveways and some sidewalks. And so sure enough, we did, and my friend and I spent about four hours on the snow. We made about $200 between the two of us uh, doing it. We were charging like five bucks a, a driveway. <laughs> and, you know, I remember being the person, My we, I looked at my friend. I was like, hey, do you want to go knock on this door the first time? He's like, no, I don't want to do that. I was like, all right, I'll go do it. And I was so nervous to do it, but yeah. I knocked on the door. And lu- luckily, the person was, like, very nice. She was an older lady. She said, yes, I would absolutely give you guys $5 to clear it up. So we did it, and it was amazing. Like, it was literally helping somebody because then she didn't have to go outside. Um, she was older. She could get out and in and out of her car and not have to worry about it. So it was great. 
uh, learned a lot from that. But um, that's where I like I knew that that part of me that I needed to serve and help people. And so that ticket bro just kind of like re reignited that flame inside of me that I had lost for so many years. And um, I eventually went into the um, uh, insurance business. And so I started my own uh, financial service business and I was helping people, but it was a struggle, right? Like mm-hmm. at the time it was 2007, 2008. Oh, yeah. um, I was uh, out of college and I actually uh, tried everything under the sun for marketing. I tried mm-hmm. buying leads online. I called old clients of the company. I did workshops. I did... Uh, digital signage that were in like barber shops. Uh, I bought advertisements on there. I bought print advertisements. I sent out direct mail. I mean, I literally tried everything. Yeah, you really did. That's a started fan. Yeah, <laughs> I started using um, what I started using uh, um, social media. I started Facebook just mm-hmm. opened up to the public. I used it prior because I still had a, a college email. Mm. And so I had to clear out a bunch of the old pictures I had in there um, just to make it more appropriate. <laughs> and then uh, I had important step. <laughs> exactly. And then I had, um, and then I started using LinkedIn. LinkedIn was becoming popular. So I started connecting with people that I, I actually knew from college and high school that I lost in touch with and they were getting real jobs. And so I put them all in one place and was sharing information and that's when I started to see, like, my fruits of my labor. Certain things were paying off. Networking paid off a lot. Social media paid off a lot. Speaking paid off a lot. So I doubled down on those efforts. And through that, I started sharing. I, I grew my business, and I was really successful at 25. I had a bunch of money in the bank. I didn't know what to do. I was giving advice to other businesses, and I decided I was going to start my own social media uh, company. And so that's what we did. We started I had some friends with me. Um, that we all started it together and it grew. And that was um, initially one of my, that was my first real uh, marketing agency. Okay. And at that point I started working with realtors. Um, but being as in, in the insurance business, it was very much like being a realtor. Um, and so I understood how that pain was of trying everything, trying these mm-hmm. different aspects, you know, getting so frustrated with the outcomes that you just want to bang your head against the wall, almost to the point where you want to give up, but you got to continue to focus and just, you know, again, have that purpose and then figure out what works for you. So um, that, that was part of it. And then what really kind of springboard us into the niche was that when I started my agency, Lewin Media, for a little over four and a half years ago, um, I, uh, I was told to niche down, no one, and I never listened. And finally, like two years into it, um, I this I actually got a contract to work with Keller Williams uh, coaching department, which is oh, called okay. Maps. Uh-huh. And they um, have their they they basically coach all the Keller Williams agents. And you know, there's hundreds of thousands oh, of yeah. people throughout the world. Yeah, it's a big opportunity. It, it is. And I get to work with Diana Kokoska, who's the, the person that runs it and she created bold. And so she's a, she was a very successful agent herself and mm-hmm. she's very successful with maps. And then a lot of successful agents in Keller Williams become coaches inside of maps and they coach the, the other agents in there and then they teach courses. And so I was already helping one of the coaches sell more courses and our funnel that we created for him did really well. We included Facebook advertisements. We did a webinar. We did um, email. 
And so um, he introduced me to Diana. Then we were brought on to do work with her, and we were contracted for about eight months until they hired in-house. And But during that time, I got to work with some of the top agents and see what they were doing, um, what things were working for them, what they want, were, what wasn't working for them. And then I also got to hear a lot from the people who were striving to be at that point and the struggles they were going through. And a lot of the same things like technology, they weren't using a lot of, um, they didn't know how to use online uh, digital marketing for uh, lead generation. They weren't really utilizing social media a lot. Mm -hmm. The top agents were, they had teams, they had people who they were paying to manage these things. And so I saw an opportunity and that's when I decided to niche into that field. And since then, um, not only are we helping a lot of agents and we're getting a ton of traction, um, I also started an online university where we teach them how to do their own um, work and how to generate leads. And we basically give them our process in a box. And so that's been extremely rewarding as well. Um, my background is actually before I started Blue and Media, I was a digital marketing and digital intelligence trainer for a company. And we worked really closely with Google. I actually created a social media marketing program for Google um, and their partners. And so, but I spent, you know, I spent half my time traveling around the United States and Canada, training people, training agencies, training large corporations like Toyota, uh, Interscope Records, and some of those other large Fortune 500 companies and teaching their teams how to use intelligence, the, the analytics, and also marketing, digital marketing and how to do this. So, for me, it was just a natural affinity to include Lewin University. It's always something I wanted it to do. And I tried it in the past, and it didn't have much success. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, is that when you read, when you have that purpose, right, you have that drive, um, and then you also have the, um, you have a niche. You know, I, I preach this on to everybody now. Yeah. Because it took me so long, and I learned things the hard way, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but when I finally niched down, my business doubled. My business doubled last year, and that's when we really shifted everything into focus. Yeah. And um, we're on on pace to you know double from what we did last year too. I mean, it's early this year, but um, with everything that we have going on, there's no reason why we wouldn't double, if not triple, possibly this year. Mm-hmm. But that that a lot a lot of that I attribute to the niching down, staying yeah. focused, and just providing really quality, valuable. Um, service to, to clients. Yeah, that, that makes a huge difference. People are so resistant to that idea of really narrowing down your focus, but it works. I mean, it yes. makes, like you said, doubled your business mm-hmm. being able to do that. I love that. Um, so it really was, you had gone through that struggle and and thrown everything against the wall, so to speak, to figure out what works. Um, so I can see why you ended up in that space where you can teach people that because when you've been through it and you found the solution, it's an entirely different ball game when you have those conversations and you can say, you know what? I totally understand how you're feeling right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that, and that was a big part of it. Like, cause I understand their pain and the yeah. struggles that they go through. And, and I wish like back then that there was something that I could turn to, and I, you know, at the time I did turn to sales training that helped a lot. Um, and I paid, you know, quite a bit of money for that training, but, um, the, I wish there was something more on the marketing side. Like the training was like how to sell more, how to have a better process. And that helped tremendously. 
Um, but then it was like, all right, how do I figure out how to bring people in? And right. so um, that was always the, that was always a struggle, but yeah. not, it's worked out well though. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of companies that they teach the sales piece. They teach you how to have the conversation or, or how to close people, but they don't actually teach you the marketing piece of it. And people get confused. Huge difference between sales and marketing. And a lot of times it's that marketing training that we need more than it is the, the sales piece. Like most of us can have a conversation um, if somebody brings us leads or if we figure out how to get the leads. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is if you have the leads, it's just a numbers game, right? Like you can be horrible at sales, but you can still close a few people right. as long as you have the right, the right amount of people coming to you. Um, but I always say that like it, it's it's kind of like a fine line, right? Like you need the marketing and you need the sales. Right. You need both because both you want to blow the opportunities when you have them. At the same time, you need those opportunities to actually, you know, close something or, or not close something, just depending yeah. on the situation. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So when you're looking at that piece with clients and figuring out like, what's the plan for this particular client or what, what do we need to switch up for them so that it's working? What are the biggest mistakes you see people making as far as lead gen and the marketing piece of things? Well, one, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, I, I talk to a lot of people and they're like, oh yeah, I've done Facebook advertising. And then when I dig in a little bit deeper, it's like they only boost a couple posts mm. and that's really it. And then they're like, eh, I, you know, I'm not getting really good results from it. So there's that. Um, the other thing is the biggest mistake is, well, not biggest mistake, but one common mistake is, is content, right? The mm. content they put in there. Um, Content is so important. It's always been important. Like if you study way back in like yeah. David Ogilvy's day in the Man Man era of advertising, it always starts with content. Like if you ever talk to anybody in marketing who's been successful doing online or any sort of marketing in yeah. general, they always say it comes down to the words, the content, yeah. the stuff that you use to drive people in there. And that's where, especially for realtors, because they're not, marketers and they're not you know wordsmiths right they are uh they try to put up something very very generic or they put something very brief and they don't use certain things they don't grab people's attention right away they don't have a value proposition in there they don't have an offer they don't have a call to action right and so all these pieces that helps draw people in that's something that they don't take advantage of um also video is an, I mean, video is obviously another form of content, but they don't do video either. Like they're, a lot of them are, and a lot of people, I think in general, are deathly afraid of video. Right. It's scary. <laughs> it, it, it can be. It definitely can be if you're not used to it. Yeah. I personally love video um, just because I, it's so much easier to talk to something than it is to write something out. Yeah. Um, and that human, it, you still get, although it's not a, face-to-face, it's still a human interaction. Like right. this right here is incredible. I'd, I'd have these calls all day, every day. Um, because there's there's so much you can get out of, like what people also don't understand is the influence that you have from your nonverbal. So how you right. look, how you present yourself, your facial expressions, your hand gestures, you see I'm moving my hands a lot. Um, those sort of things really play in a factor into influencing people to make a decision whether it's to work with you or not. And so I always stress video, use video. And we, we actually, a lot of times when we talk to people um, about creating their ads, it's, you know, include a video. Mm-hmm. And 
you can use it a couple different ways. You can start off with like a very educational video, just kind of sharing some information. And then you can draw them into something that's a little bit more forward, you know, telling them a little bit more about who you are, what makes your business different and how they can work with you. And so, you know, you just got to take the right approach. And if you take the right approach, um, use content the right way, mm-hmm. you're golden. You're going to you're gonna do really, really well because not a lot of people are taking advantage of that yet. Yeah, it's something that a lot of people just, they either haven't dove into it beyond just maybe hitting boost on a post or two, or they just haven't been uh, ready to get on video yet. But I, I like one thing you said there that I want to call out is that idea of, sharing not just what you do, how you can help people, but what makes you different. And I think that really ties back to what we started with, that for a lot of us, what makes our company different is the purpose that's behind it, is the mission that we have, the thing that we see that we want to change, that we want to see happen in the world. So I think that's a big part for a lot of us of what is it that's unique? It's the mission and the purpose piece of it. Yeah, and, and that, you're absolutely right. Like, a lot of people miss that part. And, and the best way to usually structuring that is to tell a story. Like I always tell people is, you know, when you're going to create your value proposition, what, what is that story? What is that moment in your life that made you realize you wanted to, to go into real estate or you wanted to go into your business? And, you know, what drove you there? And how can you relate with these people? You know, that's, that's part of it too. Like when you understand your audience, right, mm-hmm. and you have a niche, and, you know, this is like just to use the example of realtors because that's who I work with. If realtors are working with new home buyers, but specifically like young families who maybe have maybe a couple kids or one young kid and they're growing um, and they're ready to get out of the, the renting situation they want to buy, um, how can you relate to them? Were you once in that situation? Tell them that story of how you went about it and then you realize, you know what, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to help people. And I'll tell you, though, if someone tells me that story, I'm one more going to gravitate towards that person. The story I'll remember um, and you'll you'll stand out from everyone else because everyone knows that like at least five real estate agents. And so and in this day and age, I mean, there's a lot of competition in pretty much every industry. So um, when you can provide an emotional story, you know, I, I, I have a saying story, sell. Uh, facts tell. And so when you can tell that story, people are going to, I mean, we psychologically remember stuff more from a story perspective. And so we can, you remember that you can relate to them. Um, You, you, you basically put yourself in their situation again and, and give them some confidence knowing that you're going to help them walk through it because you've already done that. You've already been there and now you can guide them in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And both of those things really go back to knowing your niche, deciding to to make that conscious choice of this is who I work with, and then knowing what your purpose is. Because if you've got those two things, then you're able to really connect with people in that way. That's right. It's all about human connection. That's what it comes down to. That's fantastic. Um, thank you so much for coming on today, for sharing your story, what's kind of taking you through. I love that it was was Jordan's shoes and snow shoveling that started that journey. Um, that's, you know, really smart, smart father. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, I, I owe a lot to, to my dad and uh, both my dad and my mom that taught me a lot growing up. But, uh, awesome. you know, 
And, uh, you know, it's funny. I don't even own a, port, a, a pair. Well, I've owned one pair of Jordan shoes right now. <laughs> hey, I take that back. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I need to go out and just get it just for, like, for, like, yeah, just, you, uh, you, you know. may want to, like, frame them and hang them on the wall, kind of like people do their first dollar. <laughs> I sh- yeah, yes, you're right. I'm going to do that, actually. That's a great idea. That's awesome. All right. Well, for everybody watching, listening, wherever you're at, you will find a link somewhere near this podcast where you can connect with Brandon. His website is brandonmlewin.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-O-N-M-L-E-W-I-N.com. If you're in real estate or in lending and you're looking for somebody to help you with marketing and lead gen, reach out, get in touch, and uh, let him know you heard about him here. Thanks so much again, Brandon, for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was fantastic. Thank you. I think people take away some interesting lessons on how to really get their marketing and lead gen to work for them and have that human connection with people. Absolutely. It's all about Thank that. Thank you to everybody watching and listening wherever you're at. Please rate, review, and uh, subscribe to the show, and we will see you back on another episode.